Okay, welcome back. It's been two weeks, hopefully uh, short. I don't know, maybe that means you didn't miss us. Mm. Yeah, we're like a like a distant pen pal that you forgot you had in high school. Plus, uh, time is uh, rapidly losing a lot of meaning for me. It's same, dude. Yeah, I, uh, you know, just to draw back on the last episode, I'm feeling a lot like JT in uh, Just In Time. Uh, I feel like everyone's stealing my hours, minutes, days, and I don't have enough to uh, to pay off the megalomaniac who has my mom hostage, who's the same age as me. But not in time. Not in time. Uh, so what are we covering today, Brent? Oh, we're kind of. Uh, I think we're kind of stepping out of our usual uh, genres that we cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normal like horror or video games mm-hmm. or horror video games. Yes. But now we're kind of going into crime drama here. Uh, yeah. To live and die in L.A. It was in 1985. Uh, I'm gonna call it a classic because I really liked it. Say that right Same. up. Same. Um, yeah. This is a lot like when you were like, hey man, I'm sure you've heard of L.A. Confidential, but have you seen <laughs> yeah. L.A. Confidential? And I was like, no. <laughs> You're like, we're gonna change that. Yeah. And. Uh, I gotta say, I, I'm a completely different human being than I was before I watched L.A. Confidential. That movie was fucking awesome. And you kind of uh, awakened in me this kind of love for movies like L.A. Confidential and To Live and Die in L.A. I just, I like a good crime drama, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a nice uh, uh, kind of a fantasy where you can believe that the police are actually doing the right thing. Right, Except yeah. in this movie, uh, which we'll get to that. Um, so yeah... Directed uh, William Freakin, 1985, yeah. stars William Peterson, which is probably, I think, is his first movie. Yeah, yeah. He said that he had done absolutely jack shit yeah. before this. Didn't even have an agent. He, yeah, didn't have an agent. He's just mostly doing stage plays. Yeah. Um, John Pankow is his partner. Uh, and William those Defoe. two, I think, are both from Chicago, right? I I believe so. I believe they're both Chicago boys. Yeah. Uh, William Defoe. Willem Dafoe, thanks Windows. Willem Dafoe's in it. He plays uh, a the counterfeit uh, the counterfeiter Rick Masters. They're yeah. trying to bring down. Um, uh, where Willem Dafoe, he you know he's obviously he plays the villain, right? But right. he's not like a psychotic villain. He's a very uh, yeah. cold, uh, calculating. Mm-hmm. Very brilliant, in a, in a couple different ways. Like With his, a, his business mm-hmm. is very covert. It's pretty much untraceable. His money is, um, at least in, in this film's you know uh, premise, it's pretty much undetectable. It's painstakingly uh, like rendered. Well, yeah, hand-painted before it makes plates. He's like an artist, and he, he approaches his counterfeiting the same way he approaches you know doing a painting. Yeah, every stroke and every bill is without a doubt. Attention to detail? Yes, yes. So yeah, uh, Darlan Flugel plays a, uh, she's a parolee. Yeah, she's who supplies information to yeah. the Secret Service agents. Um, yeah, so Will Masters, uh, no Richard Chance, played yes. by William Peterson. He's uh, mm-hmm. he's out to get Rick Masters after the death of his partner, which uh, this Jimmy like, Hart, played by uh, Mr. Green. <laughs> yeah, he has a. This movie has a lot of, like, either what would become or uh, what already were a lot of, like, 
cop movie cliches. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jimmy Hart, you know, he had three days to retirement before he got capped. And five minutes, almost exactly, into this film, yes, you do hear, I'm getting too old for this shit. Mm-hmm. Really great opening, too. I mean, you mentioned the wonderful soundtrack by Wang Chung. Yeah, the entire thing. Yeah. And, like, uh, they got to watch the movie before they um, wrote the soundtrack to it. And uh, we actually got to watch an interview with them that was fairly recently done, uh, them and William Peterson. But they had said that, um, like, when they released their album, the first side was literally just instrumentals made for the movie. And, like, they are really awesome. It is the essence of a cop film. It, it, uh, not only pulls you into the movie it pulls you into like the city yeah and the way it's shot you can almost smell smog when you're listening to the music yeah you, know, you feel like you're being bathed in the sunset and you're looking out at the oil fields and all the palm trees and shit yeah it's a good la movie the atmosphere yes. of la in very important is, yeah it's it's super great which honestly it has that kind of um nitty gritty almost noir feeling to it which is a, a stark contrast to say like combat shock <laughs> or you know some something of that nature where we more or less kind of hang out in the dark side of LA. Yeah, we see the dark side, but we're with the good boys. Mm-hmm. So, it's a it's a pretty interesting setting. Yeah. What else? Well, a lot of things, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> as far as picking counterfeiting instead of drugs in the middle of the 80s during the Reagan era is mm-hmm. a huge thing to me, uh, which stood out. And it's kind of funny, you know, he makes a, he makes a guest appearance as a painting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck. You, Just to it's remind not a, It's not an 80s police precinct without a big old framed photo of Ronnie Reagan there. Of our dear leader, our creator of Reaganomics and uh, trickle-down just say economics. No. Yeah, just say no. Which, again, is the biggest reason why I thought it was really strange that we saw actually, like, I don't even recall any drug use in the film. Like, I'm trying to remember, did we see anyone use uh, cocaine or anything like that? No one sparked a joint. Uh, there were never drugs found at any crime scene. It all has to do with counterfeiting. Yeah, we see maybe like some drug deals or something in the in the opening. They're but... showing like the the bill, the counterfeit bills in circulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just kind of showing you like how deep the roots of uh, Rick Masters, played by Willem Dafoe's uh, tendrils, mm-hmm. are into the crime of L.A., which is it's really cool. And uh, when they actually unveil his character, they don't show you like him with his, you know, like spectacles on, looking down at the money and, you know, everything. He's painting a portrait. Uh, He's taking a different portrait off a wall and then he just takes it outside and sets it on fire and just sits there and watches. Yeah. And he's just a very, very strange character. And, um, of course, if you haven't seen... Mysterious. Yeah, very very mysterious. It sets every tone going forward it was um this is this is a fantastic film and uh something that i I said right off the bat was you know these shots man the cinematography here is just so fucking on point it's ridiculous uh, the whole pace and it it really moves yeah everything is deliberate you don't there was never a moment where, where i was like did we really need this shot like was this whole scene even necessary everything has a feeling of necessity 
in it, and it just, like you said, it flows so well. Really a stylish opening, mm-hmm. title cards and everything. Oh, After yeah. the, uh, I think it must have been part of the opening that they reshot, mm-hmm. where, uh, say, uh, Richard Chance and Jimmy Hart as Secret Service agents, mm-hmm. taking down, like, a suicide bomber. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> you kind of get the, uh, get the idea that, um... Richard Chance is really good at his job because he just gets one tell. He sees one little clue when he gets off of break, sees that uh, plate left by a door. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he's he's messaging Hart and says, like, oh, we got we got a fucking, what is it, a clip? A clipper or something so, like yeah. that? Yeah. It's something <clears throat> along those lines. And he just books it, knows right where he's going. Um, and then, you know, finds a downed officer and then finds the guy who was essentially masquerading as a hotel wait yeah, service. Like bellhop or something. Yeah, and he is, like, just strapped up with bombs. You get, like, this weird, like, uh, 80s idea of a terrorist, which, to be honest, is still today's idea of a terrorist. And um, Hart just, like, f- like fucking uh, Mel can... Gibson's his way up the building. <laughs> And he yanks the uh, bomber down by the ankle. He does the Mortal Kombat 4 ending. Yeah. <laughs> he does. And he falls off the building. He's like, yabba, 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 yabba. <laughs> He's like, this isn't brutality. It's a fatality. Yeah. And then, and then stomps he... on the walkie-talkie and goes, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fucking, what was that, Jarek? Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. But yeah, he turns into, you know, like 63 rib cages and 102 femurs. And then it rains Hart, down Hart upon the streets up. of LA. Yeah, Hart comes up and, of course, gives us the famous line I'm getting, getting too, too old, old for, for this, this shit. shit. And, um, you know, I'm not really too positive if that's probably not the first time that anyone heard that in film. But like you said, this That's is... That's another is, discussion for another time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the whole genre, while it has a lot in there, it's it's kind of hard, like, everyone's pointing fingers to themselves, like, I did it first. It's a, it's a either way, it's, it's a tried and true. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of a simple story, but mm-hmm. it's told super effectively. Yeah, uh, it really kind of shows you, too, if we went back to, like, the 70s and looked at, like, your generic sexploitation uh, cop detective movie uh, versus, say, To Live and Die in L.A., two completely different genres by that point. Insane uh, how much changed inside of, say, 12 to 13 years. (laughs) This should really be... Like the Paramount or say like Paragon of of what cop movies should aspire to be, where um it's kind of funny that the two main actors after the death of uh, uh Jimmy Hart, so uh, Vokovich, um those two ended up going and being in like CSI Law and Order and everything like that after that, and you had brought this up too that. For some reason, William Peterson, his career didn't like explode after this. Yeah, I feel I really feel like it should have. I um, he was in a he was in a Michael Mann movie. Mm-hmm. It's funny because this movie was it it was really it came out kind of not long after uh, Miami Vice. Yeah, which actually up. the uh, um, Deborah Fuhrer, I think that's how you say her last name. You like Flugel? Fuhrer? It's it's Flugel. Flugel? Yeah, I'll show you. Okay. Darlene Flugel. Darlene Flugel. Yeah, she uh, 
Well, this Deborah Fewer who played as Beatrice oh yeah, there's Deborah Fewer. Yeah, it's kind of um, very similar names. Yeah, it kind of really is. But she two different up, characters. She was in Miami Vice. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that was directed by Michael Mann. Mm-hmm. Uh, William Peterson mm-hmm. appeared in Michael Mann's 1988 film Manhunter, mm-hmm. based off the uh, Red Dragon uh, novel. Yeah. And like yeah, so obviously crime and true crime is such like a, a, a muddled and confusing um, mess of uh, fans and and podcasts, movies, <laughs> shows. See, everything. no, okay. When I was looking up stuff about to live and die in L.A., that's the name the of live and die in L.A. Podcast. Yeah, that's a podcast. Yeah, and I was like, I don't. That's what I'm looking for right now, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, if no, you, I'm sure. I'm sure it's fine. It's. A, yeah. I, I only heard people saying good things about it on Twitter. Yeah, like if you wanted to read the entire synopsis and get all the information from IMDb on "To Live and Die in L.A.", you should actually type in "To Live and Die in L.A." 1985. Yeah. The name of this episode. So, um, really, kind of the the bigger things that we wanted to point out. For one thing, um, the two protagonists, you know, Mr. William Peterson and then uh, that'd be John Pankow, they don't play your bulletproof badass that, you know, nearly um, escapes death on numerous occasions. In fact, you pointed this out when we saw the first death in the movie. This, there's like almost no time spent on showing you that this guy dies. You know, this certain character towards the beginning. Nobody's mourned. It's totally unceremonious we don't have like a cop funeral there's nothing like that he is shot and just obliterated like it's like a few levels under the uh murphy death scene in robocop (laughs) yeah or um towards the end of departed yeah yeah or the very end of departed Uh uh-huh you know like we'll get to that people just die man and like that's that's just it is it does not want to be hollywood about this Mm -hmm. it literally shows you that these two people are or at least one of them and the other one's kind of along for the ride yeah willing to do whatever it needs to be i suppose it's a cliche but um richard chance and volkovich are Mm -hmm. kind of mismatched partners which yep is probably the way they should be right yeah uh richard chance is he's a He's more of like a he's a thrill seeker. Oh yeah, he's a base jumper. Yeah, he uh, you, you probably weren't paying too much attention, but uh, there's a, when they're staking out mm-hmm. Waxman's office. Yeah, uh, he's talking with Volkovich about base jumping. He's like, mm-hmm. so once you get over that first fear, yeah. you can do anything. Yeah, and I feel like that applies to a lot of things in life. Yeah, uh, including having your balls in your throat yeah. on numerous occasions, which is kind of funny because um, any time that I'm on a one-lane highway and I see a semi coming, I get that feeling. And um, apparently John Pankow definitely felt that feeling. Uh, later in the film, there is just this insane car chase. It is fucking phenomenal. Like, it was, I was actually edge of my seat uh, for a cop movie car chase <laughs> yeah, really i didn't see myself being that kind of guy but here we are and uh i guess william peterson actually was able to say in the uh, interview that we watched after the film he did at least most if not all of the driving uh william freakin directed the french connection in 71 mm-hmm. and i had at that time they had a very good like very real car chase yeah um it was actually uh gene hackman driving the car mm-hmm. he said he didn't want to do it again though because he was actually driving and like 
real streets. Like they didn't close down. Like that would be very illegal today. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it was probably illegal then, honestly. Yeah, and then I mean, by this movie, we had we had permits. We had people closing things down. A lot of big stuntmen work involved. Very choreographed. Yes. Professional Uh, work. That particular scene that takes place on a freeway in L.A. Freakin was actually able to close down the freeway two different weekends in like the middle of summer and then hired what was it 200 stuntmen something like that yeah 200 stuntmen to essentially fill the highway with cars trucks semis everything and anything in between and the way it's shot it's so perfect and you just have this very real feeling of holy fuck they're going to hit someone going head on going at least 60 miles an hour it, it's terrifying let's come back to that mm-hmm. um so a lot of the the whole um, a lot of this movie is uh, Richard Chance. He uh, he tells Volkovich when they get partnered up. He's like, "I'm gonna take down Masters. I don't give a shit how I do it." Yep. And you find out just exactly what he means by that, like what he's willing to do, the lengths that he's willing to go. Uh, he he, pretty much, he exploits his partner. Oh yeah. His trust. Yep. Totally manipulates him. Um, Darlene Flugel plays uh. I can't remember her name now because I'm a piece of shit. But his, like, parolee informant. Right, right. Who he sees for information and sex. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's. And when she, she asks him, like. Cuddle, he does not. Uh, her name Ruth, is Ruth. Ruth. That's her name. And uh, she asks him in the movie, he's like, What would you do if I stopped giving you information? He's like, Why? It's like, I just want to know. He's like, I'd have your parole revoked. Yep. She's like, Really? He's just like, He doesn't really say yes. Yeah, he just, he just sips up his coat it. and, like, leaves yeah yeah it's really fucked up it's not really he's a, not a great guy no he's honestly kind of a piece of shit but yeah. he's still it's, you know like it's kind of la confidential in that in that i mean he's not not a clean guy yeah like the movie uh to live and die in la does not paint cops as these like wonderful fucking shining knights that are here to save everyone. He has very selfish reasons for this. I mean, he does have, he, like, a code, I guess. Yeah, he does have a kind code. Kind of like a cop code, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, when he's he uh, arrests John Turturro mm-hmm. in, a, in an airport, which is a really good, like, foot chase scene. Yeah. Pretty nice, like, a humorous uh, bathroom arrest. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, he, uh, he goes to try and, like, flip him, make him a witness. Mm-hmm. Tells him, like, yeah, you don't want to, like, Rick Masters your friend. I don't blame you. Like, I yep. wouldn't want to rat on my friend. Anyone does, it's a piece of shit. Yep. But he tried to have you killed in prison. I don't know. He's, he kind of, yeah. he's like, he kind of understands the game. Like, yeah, he's like, he, yeah, no, like, I, he switches teams, yeah. so to say. And uh, in that, I think that his, his character is a really fantastic negotiator. But then again, like we've already spoken about, like he is a manipulator. Yeah. He is. He's almost, in a way, as cold and calculating as Rick Masters. But in that, he's able to get in the same mindset and hunt the hunter. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's fan-fucking-tastic, the, the chemistry between characters. And it's a movie that does a really good job of keeping the antagonist uh, both mysterious as well as... Like threatening. Um, and recognizable. Uh, I mean, one of the first scenes is when they go to Waxman's office. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, uh, Masters is there. Because uh, he, he accused... He, uh, there was money that didn't get delivered. Yeah. Before... A large amount. Before his uh, his mule got arrested, yeah. there was a big amount that didn't get delivered. 
So he goes to see Waxman about it, and he sends his girlfriend there, who's kind of been on his schemes. Yeah, she's a weird character. Yeah. Uh, she's definitely more like a gray neutral party. She's in it for herself. Yes. Yeah, she's like, this guy has tons of fucking money and connections, and if I want to, say, spend the summer in Amsterdam, I could very well just get on a private jet and fly there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we see uh, Masters. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty. No, yeah. I mean, he he shoots a cop in the face. Yeah. Um, he goes to he goes to collect his money from Waxman. Yeah, who's been trying to stiff him. Yeah. And then yeah, he shoots him in the dick, and then yeah. makes fun of his decor, and then blows his brains out. Yeah, there was a line that he said that was just so. 18th funny. century Cameroon. Your taste is in your ass, and yeah. then he shoots him in the head. Yeah. With a silenced pistol. Yeah. It's an 80s movie, so it's one that's like, pew, pew. Nobody can hear that. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> pew, pew. Favorite silenced gun sound came from No Country for Old Men, Anton Chigurh's silenced shotgun. Yeah. Ba-doing. Ba-doing. You see the spring. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like, while that was going on, off. yeah, while that was going on, they were staking out that building, but they were yep. fucking sleeping. Yeah. So when the cops go to check it out, they get woken up and they go there and, uh, it's kind of when you start to see, uh, 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 Richard Chance kind of, he plays it fast and fucking loose. Yeah. He lifts evidence from the crime scene. Yeah. Before it's logged, before anyone actually even sees it. Yeah. And he gets called out for it, and his response is just, oh, it was a fucking rookie beat cop. He's not going to fucking notice it's missing. He's like, okay, yeah, like, do you have a problem with that? He's yeah, like, dude. He, like, kind of strong arms him into being like, this is ours. We're like taking just, him down ourselves. He's kind of just like, I told you, like, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit how I do it. Yeah, and it goes all the way up until... You know, they start leading this two-man army investigation um, without pretty much anyone else's uh, acknowledgement or uh, say-so. I mean, like, they're breaking... They're making all sorts of violations yeah. to their... 302.5. Yeah, 302.5. What? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's um, I think, in that way, a really good human look at law enforcement mm-hmm. um which i think is really important because when you when you kind of uh idolize an idea you know it allows a person to start thinking that someone is more than what they are but this is a film about human beings and the shitty things they do and then the shitty things that they do to try and undo the shitty things other yeah. people did so what I'm trying to say is that oh, yeah, Chance yeah. is is lawful neutral. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's totally lawful. He's got neutral. his own. Uh, <laughs> he's got his own code. Yeah, you can't you can't stop a man who has nothing left to lose. Yeah, he's he's a. Uh, I mean, the whole movie is pretty much just about like the lengths he's willing to go to. Yeah. Um. Deeper and deeper. I would kind of like to take this point. From here on, we're probably going to get into spoiler territory. Absolutely. So I just want to stop you right here. If, uh, I'll say this right now. See the movie. It's very, it's a very underrated. Yeah. Not a lot of people talking about it these days. I don't think. No, I, I don't really don't think so. And it's only 116 minutes. We got the Blu-ray copy, and there's a lot of fun bonus stuff on there. Like I said, there's there's an interview with William Peterson, and then um, also Wing Chun. There's obviously some commentary, things like that, um, that are all available to you. It's 
really fucking stunning. Uh, again, like I'm always blown away by seeing these films from like the 70s and 80s remastered on Blu-ray because they look so fucking gorgeous. And like this, it it really helps kind of do what the film does, which is kind of bring you into that time and oh, place. Yeah, yeah. And that's why that's uh, that's one of the re- reasons I really like watching films. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why we're both here. It's like I, I like I like good stories. I like ridiculous stories, but I also mm-hmm. like the vibes and feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like being brought back to a, a time that's gone and went. Right, and it's really interesting to see a not wrinkly, very young Willem Dafoe. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't think I'd seen um, Willem Dafoe in one of his earlier films before. You so see Platoon. Uh, okay, yeah, I have seen Platoon, but I probably saw Platoon around the time that it came out. Like, I'm talking early 90s. No, I'm not talking about when it came out, Brent. I'm saying, like, closer to the time that it came out. Like, I was probably seven or eight. It came out in 87. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying I You were alive. I know I, I wasn't, wasn't alive. For five years, I wasn't alive. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying, though. I, I saw this on, like, television, yeah. probably TNT... And I was like seven or eight. I was at my aunt and uncle's house. Real quick thing about Platoon. Yeah. The movie did a really good job of feeling like uh, you were about to die at any minute. Jesus Christ, the amount of death in Platoon. <laughs> of just like having to slog along knowing that like every oh. next step could have been your last. Yeah. And that, and you also had to worry about your fucking shitty ass comrades. <laughs> These guys were fucking pricks. Anyways. Yeah, it's been a just, long time. If we're gonna talk about Platoon, we should watch Platoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's it. We're gonna talk about some other stuff now. That you might not want to hear if you're gonna see this movie because I really don't want to ruin it for you. Because goddamn, if I do, uh, a lot of the impact of the film gets lost. Yeah. So here we go. Hot impact starting now. So uh, Chance gets tipped off by Ruth mm-hmm. about uh. uh a guy with Hong Kong connections. He's coming in to buy fifty thousand dollars worth of stolen diamonds. Thomas he, Ling. Thomas I believe, Ling. I believe was his name. So to get close to Masters, Dean Stockwell, the lawyer, tells him like, "Hey, I can set up a meeting for you." Yeah. So they meet with Masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a fake ass name, uh, Paul Jessup and Doctor dr petrovich or something yeah and all uh yeah and all um dr victor i think is dr victor yeah and um it's like all things considered yeah really good cover yeah it was a really well thought out cover Mm -hmm. and uh so yeah they meet and like you kind of see masters just immediately trying to pick apart their story i think he likes to have people meet in the gym because in the next scene they're stripping down nude yep that way you can see like okay they're not wired yeah they're comfortable doing this like yeah um he has uh deborah (laughs) whatever his girlfriend's name was in the movie um check out their car yeah that was like masterfully done yeah while well, they're you not know. really a pun uh per se but um bianca bianca, bianca torres. torres that's his name uh but yeah like really well done because she literally just picks apart their car looks through their mail uh finds business cards looks in their trunk everything and anything. And you also see that the cops thought their shit out too like they- oh yeah and they probably, in fact, left their car unlocked so that their <laughs> shit was easier to get at. But yeah, everything that was in the car corroborated with their uh, story. They found tennis rackets in the trunk, uh, business cards that matched the name of the company and everything like that, mail that matched the business, 
Um, just nothing with their actual uh, uh, cover names on there. So mm. he's not 100% sold, but he's getting there. So he tells them, like, you want a million dollars in counterfeit bills. I need $50,000, like, yep. up front. Yep. Like, That's a they lot try negotiating with them, but he pretty much, you can kind of see, like, the masters kind of being, like. Yeah. Uh, he's like, well, like. You know, I never, I never screw anybody out of the front money. Yep. And if you don't pay us money, I don't, I know you're not fucking serious. Yep. And he just pretty much leaves it. That he really commands the whole negotiation, oh, which yeah. really puts, he really has like the upper hand a lot of the oh, time. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, in well, order he's to get, got the product. If mm-hmm. you want the product, you pay the price. So, I think he intentionally keeps that high because there's later on where they're trying to talk to their captain about mm-hmm. getting money. Oh yeah, yeah. You're like, no, nothing over ten thousand. Yeah. That's the limit. Like that that's is the, the law. That's yeah. like all that we'll allow. Yep. And uh, they're talking about it at like a restaurant. Yeah. He's like, "Well, if we just get the ten thousand, he's like, "No, masters never go for that." Like, chant. He knows he kind of has an understanding of him. He like yep. he knows he's smart enough. He, if that was all they were gonna offer, they'd probably either one get laughed at or two shot in the fucking face. Yeah. They're just yeah. Yeah. They know that yeah they they would lose their opportunity. Yep, and nobody in in that office. It should be said that uh, the character Chance he goes to his superiors several times, trying to get some form of like okay and go ahead and help in order to bring down Masters, and nobody's having any of it. Mm-hmm. And it, this is obviously like he has a huge personal stake in this because it was in fact his old partner, Mr. Hart, Jimmy Hart, that was, like, literally just shot in the fucking face, chest, and shit like that with a shotgun, and um, left for Chance to found in a dumpster. Um, yeah, so he is tore up about this. It's a really good scene when he finds him. Oh, it really, God. It's, uh, it's really focused on him, because he's open, he sees the blood outside mm-hmm. the dumpster. Coming out of the fucking grease pipe. And yeah, he just opens it up and like you just kind of see it all in his face. Yep. Doesn't yep. show you the body. It doesn't have to. That's the thing. It just keeps moving right after that. Yeah. Like that's the thing about this movie is that yes, there are shocking things, shocking scenes that happen, but overall it doesn't dwell on them and it's never like this is here so that we get a fucking big shocked face. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it would almost take away from the film if they showed the body of Jimmy Hart in the dumpster when, you know, like, we Like, you hear the so flies, much. you yeah. see his face, and he just kind of looks, you know, kind of like a thousand-yard stare and just yeah. kind of walks off. Yeah, and I think that that did a fucking huge number for the film. So, yeah. So they're kind of left with, like, okay, we need to get this money. Yes. So they call on uh, Ruth. He's like, okay... Tell me about, tell me about this pickup. Yep. So they go, they meet up with mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Thomas Ling. Yep. Over at the Amtrak station, I believe it was. And they uh, they abduct him. Yeah. They drive off real quick, but you see there's two people chasing after him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's when we start getting our car chase. It's kind of in that two parts, you know. Yeah, it's insane because it's it's probably like a good what maybe 15 20 minutes it seems that way but it's probably shorter yeah and (laughs) because like the anxiety you feel during you feel during this is just so overwhelming in a really good entertaining way yeah yes so they they pull up they get to an underpass and take 
take Ling out. They try busting open his briefcase. He finally does, and there's just a fucking phone book in there. Yeah, which is pretty funny. <laughs> but he's not convinced, so he tells him to yank his shirt off and his pants mm-hmm. right down to the hog. Yep, <laughs> and, uh, right down to the hog. Yeah, he finds the money they had strapped to him. Uh, so, yeah, they're like, all right, we got it. But as they're getting the money, uh, yep, these guys come up. Mm-hmm. We were chasing them and start popping shots at them. With, like, high-powered assault rifles. Yeah, they got, like, M16s. Yeah. And they blast Yang right in the back. Lean yeah. right in the back, sorry. Yeah, it's... He's just fucking gone. And it's a... It's a, it's a different dynamic. They're they're now the ones being chased. Yeah. They're and, the ones uh, running for their lives. And, uh... Ankow's character, uh... That uh, Volkov, I think it was. Volkovich. Volkovich, yes. I was like, I can't remember if it was Polish or Russian. But <laughs> Volkovich, um, he's just like fucking gone mentally. He's in shock, yeah. Yeah, because he just watched this dude get fucking gunned down. And he's dead yeah. because of them. Yep. Like, And he was straight up told by chance, like, hey, man, if it gets hairy, we're out. Yeah. Like, it's cool, man. There's it's like, yeah, if we don't like it, we'll leave. Yeah. yeah. And if it's not going to be a piece of cake, we'll just leave. Yeah. Be and, and Ling is, like, half naked, just dead Pants in the down, dirt. shirt pretty much off. Yep. Dead bullet in, in his back, dirt. face down. Yeah. And now they have $50,000 in hot cash, and now they're being chased by... Um, two other vehicles, and then there's also it's one, like, and then they think they lose them. Yeah, and after they, they go on to like the the sluice track, and yeah, and then all of a sudden, just one after another, people start appearing like in droves. Like yeah. there are people on foot that are just like popping going out. over the fucking sluice way off of the highway, running down into the sluice way. It really does a good job just feeling like everything's world, closing in on them. The world is literally <laughs> crushing you. And uh, there's a. There's something they did that was really interesting. It was uh, when they were, I think they were driving down the sluice getting chased. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a close-up of uh, Rich Chance. Yeah. And it just, like, shows a flashback of him base jumping. Yeah. And then you see Vuk- uh, Vukovic in the back just like, oh, God, oh, God. like Yeah, he's, like, hyperventilating and he's just, freaking it, out. And it shows a flashback of uh, Ling laying down face dirt in the dead, like, face, <laughs> face down dead in the dirt. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of showing you, like, he's... Where his mind is versus he's, where his he's, mind he's, is. He's he's in, he's uh, living the rush. Yep. And he's just like thinking about the repercussions of what's going on. He's, yeah. He's chasing the high. Yep. Which I mean, obviously he wants to catch, but yeah, he's 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 lo- definitely he's, yeah he's loving the shit out of <laughs> he, like yeah yeah he's scared but he loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Oh yeah. So yeah, they uh, I honestly okay, they get to a point where they pretty much just get surrounded by these goons. And I, I honestly, honestly fucking thought I thought they were just gonna get wasted. Yeah, like like the movie could have ended there, and he would have been like, "Oh my god!" And yeah. then like you know the epilogue showing yeah. you where the money comes from and what happened actually. Yeah, and then you're just kind of left with this really dark, dismal feeling. But yeah, they and that's when they he's like, "Okay, we're going this way," and they go up on the fucking opposite lane of traffic on the seven ten. Yeah. And that's when it gets real insane because there are hundreds of cars yeah. and they're just like dodging them and shit. And they're like, they're going up pretty fast. And like, we're talking, you know, like your mom's sedan, your dad's old fucking hatchback, fucking Uncle Robert's semi, like every other fucking Yeah, I got semi like jackknives over the yeah, highway. And like literally like grabs other cars <laughs> and like throws them into the, uh, into the median on the freeway. 
and it, it just gets so insane because like now you can kind of see that there's like six or seven cars chasing them all shooting at them yeah <laughs> you're just like oh my god dude this there's no way that they're gonna get out of this yeah they lose them in that traffic yeah and like you're like holy shit that was brilliant because they just created such a clusterfuck there's no way it was impassable yeah yeah, and then they just slip on yeah, into the other, through the median, they go into the actual correct lane, and they just drive away. And they just go to some random-ass neighborhood yeah. where Chance jumps out, and he's just like, holy shit, we made it. Yeah, he's like totally fucking rock and roll, and Vukovic is like trying About to About to barf lose. in yeah, the field. He's trying not to lose his lunch, and he's like, what the fuck? And then Chance is just like hopping up and down like, in the it's car. It's like, what are we doing? I was like, oh, we go get this window replaced so we can bring it back to the station, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, like, it's fine, dude, we made it through it. And then we find out <laughs> yeah, the next day. Yeah. the next scene uh yeah so it turns out the fbi would like us to know that one of their agents was abducted and killed in yeah. a in a bureau sanctioned sting operation yeah uh, the suspects are two white males in the 30 age 30 to 35 range one has black hair other one has like brown and like they're just kind of like looking straight forward but at the same time kind of like down at the floor like holy fuck what did we do okay, yeah we got a Okay, we got, like, an FBI agent killed in the line of duty. Yeah, and uh, those guys with all the guns and shit. Were probably FBI agents. agents. Yeah. So, yeah, they were literally criminals for... For 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 a change for tried it on for size. Yeah, I was gonna say like those guys just hiked up to like probably spots five and six on America's Most Wanted. Right. Right. Fucking there, and like they're fucking talking, freaking out in the stairwell, and then like a couple guys just and, walk uh, by. And well, like you kind of get a uh, chance. He's still like yeah. they don't have anything. Oh god. And yeah. he doesn't really give a shit. He like. No. Yeah, we got that guy afraid. killed. Like, so be it. Yeah. He's too far in. Mm-hmm. But it's like okay, yeah, that's yeah. His poker chips have been on like all of them have yeah. been in front of him for like three hands. Yeah, and he's like, "Yep, I can't back out now. It's this or the house." Kim, yeah, yeah, can't do it now. But uh, yeah, meanwhile, Volkovich is talking with Dean Stockwell, like the mm-hmm. kind of criminal lawyer. It's yep. like, uh, well, yeah, you could sell him out. Why would recommend? I don't think you could beat this case. Yep, I would recommend you just kind of beat him to the punch, turn your partner in, mm-hmm. maybe do seven years. Right. And serve all that. Yep. But he's like, I can't do that. Like, yeah, I, I can't sell him out. Yeah, we're we're too buddy buddy now. Yeah. And so he he then. Well, it's really like I don't think they were really like chips good buddies. No, they were just like. But he's still like, I'm st- I'm not gonna be the cop that sells out his partner. Yeah, I think the better analogy for this is they were both uh, attached by handcuffs at yeah. that point, and it's like if I sink, you sink. Yeah, like they're both gonna go down if mm-hmm. one of them goes down. Yeah. So it's just, like, this guy's whole, like, well-being, um, all of that also uh, reflects your well-being. So you do you, buddy, and hopefully that doesn't get both of you killed. And then there's this scene where uh, Chance brings the money to Masters. Yep. And uh, Masters just counts the money. He's like, oh, that's great. Yeah. And, like, he's like, oh, he's like, like your work. Yeah. And, like... The first time I watched it, I thought he meant, like, he knew exactly, like, I know where you got this. Like, right. that was some good shit. Right. Like, he's a criminal acknowledging good crime when he sees it. Right. That's kind of what I was getting from it. But then, like, when I read what it says, like, like your work, like, he couldn't have been talking about that. It would have been dumb. Right. It was just like, oh, I, do you like your investment work? No. Yeah. No, he's like, no, I, this is good shit. Yeah, exactly. I, and then he has a big laugh about it. Yeah, and then so do the other girls that are, like, giving each other foot jobs and... <laughs> fucking waxing each other's vaginas on the couch 
you know, just friend stuff. Yeah, and Willem <laughs> Dafoe's just like throwing his head back, cackling, and yeah. Chance Willem like, Dafoe cackling. Just like looks at him with just like the fucking purest anger that yeah. I have ever seen, and then he just walks right out of the room through the uh, curtain of like silken beads. Serious <laughs> clothes now. Can't get past you. No negative auras beyond this point. <laughs> Chill <laughs> vibes only. Make sure to enter first with your crystal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No energy. Purify vampires. your energy with these crystals before you enter my space. <laughs> my sanctum. <laughs> it's also what I call my anus. So uh, another great line, speaking of anuses, uh, when Willem Dafoe goes up to get the money from Chance, it's like a fucking bust shot oh, of yeah. Willem Dafoe looking slightly up at William Peterson, and you just see his arm come forward, and he's like, is this my package? Yeah. Yeah. And he's he like, just not wearing a wire, are you? Yeah. yeah. And then he just fucking throws open his shirt and he's like, thank you. <laughs> you're just like, Ugh. He's so good at, like, just making you uncomfortable. Getting under your skin, yeah. Yeah. How about at the beginning of the movie, too, we kind of thought that Willem Dafoe was, like, making out with some yeah. kind of theater dude. <laughs> I see the first time, so I was like, okay, wow, okay. Yeah. Breaking, like, breaking, breaking. Yeah, in 85, huh? Yeah. All right. And then it's just like. a gay villain. Yeah, we got a gay villain who makes counterfeit bills. All right, and who else would it be than Willem Dafoe? Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, so after after he drops off the money, then, you know, he just... Vukovic is still having a hard time living with what he did. Yeah. And he calls him at Ruth's place, and he's like, mm-hmm. I can't do this. He's like, yeah. dude, it's like, we're on. Yeah. Like, we're meeting with Masters tonight. Yeah, everything is live. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. We're on the final step. Like, he just kind of ignores everything. He just say, he's like, dude, like, I'm going to turn myself in. Yeah. He's like, dude, we're on, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, we, we've got this. He doesn't like, even be like, no, how, don't do. you fucking dare. Right. He's like, no, we got to well, get Masters here's first. Here's my fucking thing, though. Like, <laughs> okay. You know, kind of thinking about it in the grand scheme of things, let's say, let's say um, like, we're not going to hit the, the um, end of the film here, but on a quick note. Yeah. Say everything just hunky-dory, right? At the end of everything, how do they describe where they find $50,000? Because they already came up and they were like, hey, we need $50,000. Hey, Dad. And then when you come home with the cool-ass fucking Nerf gun that your dad wasn't going to buy for you, (laughs) he's just like, yo, where'd you get the money for that sweet-ass Nerf gun? And you're just like places and jobs yes (laughs) the money store Mm -hmm. yeah so it just fucking blows my mind where chance thought i think that this is um i mean honestly i guess it could have been like uh his word against theirs right because we know i it was ten thousand. like perhaps they would look past it or like yeah because they just took down this massive counterfeiter yeah but it also didn't really seem super high on the list (laughs) You know, like, otherwise I feel like they would have gone at greater lengths. So part of me kind of feels it's, um, I really fucking hate quoting this cringy-ass shit, but it's kind of like Heath Ledger's Joker said. <laughs> Not the part about living in a society. <laughs> Just want to watch the world burn. No, but that one. The, the, the part in which he talks about a dog chasing a car. Uh-huh. But what do you think the dog would do? If he caught it. If he caught it. Yeah. So I don't think that he was necessarily thinking He wasn't about, thinking that far ahead? No. He was literally like, this is it. I'm going to catch the fucking car. And he's got his jaws wide open. The tires are still spinning. And that motherfucker bites on. Yeah. So what happens when they actually uh, peg him? 
when they go in. So they, they go in, the cash and everything. They go to collect their their funny money. Mm-hmm. Um, they get patted down by. Uh, Master's goon. Yeah, dude, that goon is like unstoppable. That man lives for probably nothing but boilermakers, just black <laughs> velvet and Budweiser. <laughs> like that's what that man was made out of. Yeah, you know, they kind of have a little like standoff. You know, he's patting down Vukovic, and we goes to Master uh, Chance. He's like, "No, you're not fucking touch me." Mm-hmm. And then eventually, like Master Goon's like, "Yeah, it's fine. Get him up here." Yeah. Nah. So they go there. They uh, show him the rest of the money. Mm-hmm. He's like, "All right." You're not fucking touching that. We went through shit to get this. You show yeah. us some money. Yep. Then you get. Then you can put your hands on that. Mm-hmm. It's like very well. Yep. Gives him the locker key. Yep. Goes and opens it. Sets the bag out. Takes the money out. Counts some of it. You know. Yep. Feels it. It's like the texture. Yeah. He's Goes like through the motions. He's like, are we good? He's like, oh, you're beautiful. Which yeah. is what Master said to him when he brought him the the front money. Yep. So and then uh. It's like he probably was like sitting in the mirror with his thirty eight special and he's just like, You're beautiful. You know, just like practicing what yeah. he's gonna fucking say to him. And uh so yeah, he kinda signals to Vukovic and then kinda guns after uh Masters and pins him against the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh or uh Vukovic opens up like a hidden compartment of the briefcase, feeling like guns, handcuffs, everything they needed to make yeah. an arrest. And uh he uh, points the gun at his goon. He's mm-hmm. like, put your hands on top of the fucking locker, you know? Yeah. Does that. He's like, all right, cuff this guy. Yep. So he sends Vukovic to cuff him. Uh, the goon uh, pulls a fucking shotgun out. Yeah, points from it. where? It was in the locker, I think. Oh, okay, yeah. Pulls it out, and he's like, knocks the gun out. And then uh, <laughs> Rick turns to shoot, shoots him, but also... The goon shirts and just fucking brains chance right in the face. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it My happens in a fucking face. instant. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh. Just going right back to Jimmy Hart, which is exactly how he ended up dying. That goon specifically and shotguns. Yeah. Um, And, you know, trying to take down Rick Masters alone. You know, like, n- not really any. Like, he had sanction to go but like he was like going through trash and shit he was just he was just poking around he did not i don't think he realized what he was getting into yeah i mean rick master straight up tells him right before he finally kills him uh wrong place wrong time there pal yeah but so it's kind of it's kind of nice weird way to put it but it's kind of nice how chance in a way ends up meeting the same end his partner did yeah and, like, he, he put all the fucking chips in, like I said. And that was the time that the fucking house just pulls out a royal flush. And that <laughs> motherfucker just had two tens. <laughs> two tens. He was, he was fucking gone. Yeah. And, and it's kind of funny because Vokovic is, like, trying to fucking... Like, yeah, he's like, don't up. do this to me, man. Like, yeah, trying to wake him up. Goon's dead. Master's fled. Yep. And he kind of just... Robin laid an egg. Pulls himself together and, like, goes to where he knows he's going to be, mm-hmm. which is he knows where he, he found uh, earlier in the movie where they were printing. likely printing money. Yeah, that big-ass warehouse. With the Chinese symbol on it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's on fire. Just in a fucking giant blaze. He goes in there, sees Master just sitting on the floor, and he asks him, he's like, yep. why don't you take the deal? Yep. Uh, the, the lawyer was like, so you didn't want to turn in your friend, huh? Yeah, which leads me like 
uh, Masters knew, yeah. he saw through him right away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. But, like, you don't really know his motivation for, like, seeing it through. It's, it's I think, honestly... Just, like, curious to see how far he was going to go. Right. Like, did curious, he want to be stopped? Yep. Curious and thought, you know, I could probably get these guys offed. You know, like, he probably knew that they would have to go through other means in order to get the cash, for mm-hmm. one. Because he probably had inside intel that... You know, the most they would front was ten thousand, which I believe you had also said while we were watching. It was like the reason why that front money is so large is probably a way to suss out, you know, like those kinds of things. But they were like, "Hey, we can do ten thousand. Yeah, he'd have been like, "Get the fuck out of here." Yep, like so that probably would have been the tell yeah. right there. So like he probably he was, I think Masters is familiar with the law and what, oh yeah. the way police operate with the way like how successful that guy was, how long he'd probably been doing it because this dude was like literally mixing the color for the bills by hand, mm-hmm. and he was printing the money himself. He did not have an operation of people. He had a goon, forged really, serial numbers. Yep. And just, yeah. yeah. Like, it, he he was, he knew everything. And so it, it's probably easy to understand that um, his his lawyer was definitely on retainer and paid very well, probably in real money. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so he probably knew everything that was being communicated to that yeah. lawyer. It's pretty much just talking straight to Masters. But Vokovic, you know, so he confronts Masters in this burning uh, counterfeit place. Yeah. Yeah, this giant barn full of fake money, which um, obviously paint and inks incredibly flammable, and so is paper. So this thing is like a fucking volcano. Yeah. He walked into a furnace. Uh, I saw that was interesting. It was like... Mm Mm-hmm. Why didn't you take the deal? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, he knew it was coming. He's just kind of said, he was just waiting for him to show up. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, he, Vokovic ends up um, trying to. Like, arrest know, him. Arrest him, yeah. Beat him like, up. He didn't really know, it's, he didn't really know what he was doing until again, he got his ass beat up. Yeah. The, the dog caught the car, yeah. but the tire was still moving. Yeah. And, you know, so he gets the shit kicked out of him. We think that he's actually, like, like going to, to death. die. Yeah. yeah. He looks like he's beaten to death because he gets hit a few times, okay. like, probably about a dozen times with this giant board. And then, um,. Masters grabs a bunch of like shredded paper yeah. to put on top of him to make sure he burns easier. Yeah. He's which, about to light him up, but then, yeah, Vokovic uh, just snaps out of it finally and just mm-hmm. blasts him. Yeah. And then Masters ends up burning himself, like just engulfed instantly. Yeah, because after he gets head shot, to toe. he drops the fucking wad of paper or whatever. Or no, he had. It was like a counterfeit paper. bill yeah. sheet. And then he drops it, and there was just, you know, shit all over the floor, and he just fucking lights up like a christmas tree yeah and we have a, a really good uh stunt scene there where like you know like this man is literally on fire just burning for a while yeah um, among all of this other fire like, while Vukovic empties the chambers into him yeah and so like once we once we see him fall down and we know that he is dead without a doubt we end up um I think the movie done right there yeah you think it would but there's there is still a bit gotta, more. Gotta wrap some things up. Yeah, so we get to see uh, what his 
girlfriend Bianca is up to with um I believe it's with the lawyer, correct? Yeah, he's there. He's probably just going through incriminating stuff. Yeah, just doing like Dean Stockwell things, yeah. just looking inquisitive. Find their homemade porn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their watch art films. He was watching their homemade porn and was just like, I thought he painted two large portraits of you. Mm-hmm. Be worth a lot of money. Like probably insinuating I would buy them off of you yeah look at your boobs (laughs) and she just kind of doesn't really say anything other than like oh he probably burned them because he liked burning things Mm -hmm. and um so it was kind of like perhaps that was always his plan was there was maybe a cap or a point in which he was just going to get to and then burn everything yeah and then he can't pin anything on him because when it comes down to it the counterfeit uh, money was so good it couldn't really be traced um, other than like you could erase it mm-hmm. you know what I mean but um, otherwise if it was burned up there's no evidence yeah like no money no evidence like yeah so he, he's essentially going to probably get off scot free so Bianca ends up just like grabbing a couple things, gets into the fucking Knight Rider car and drives away with the girl that she was in a few scenes with that didn't say a goddamn thing. Oh, she was just like smirk at her? Yeah, raised eyebrows, smirk, foot job. Like, assuming they're, like, lovers. Right. And then they just drive away. Yeah, get away. Yeah, so then we have a fade-in to Vokovic, who has now taken on almost the complete persona and look of he Chance. takes after Chance now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, like, this is, it's probably, like, the my partner died aesthetic, you know? <laughs> like, like, he's got the bruising and beat-up, like, cuts on the face and lip. Wide open button shirt. And Wearing the shades. A, and then a v-neck and some fucking fucked-up jeans. Yeah. And he goes over to, um... Ruth's? Yeah, Ruth's house. And is just like, you need to let me in. I was Chance's partner. He's like, yeah, yeah, did you know he died? Yeah. He's like, you don't want to set us up, weren't you? Yeah. Like, you knew that guy was FBI? Yep. Thinking that she could just flick him off the finger. Yeah, he's like, well, you're not... It's like, you really shouldn't lie to me. Because uh, you work for me now. <laughs> like, yep. It's a bad start to our relationship. And yeah. then it's a weird cut to her, like, remembering her and Chance, like, fucking. Yeah. And it's kind of like, is this, like, her thinking that this is what's in store for her with Vokovic? Or is it's, this... It's kind of a... I don't know if it's supposed to be open for interpretation or yeah, what. Yeah, like, like, is it that? Or is this maybe, like, a comeuppance? You know, who knows? Who really knows, like, her whole thing other than, like, I just don't want to go to prison slash jail. There's also a... In when, earlier in the movie when uh, she was, like, like the morning after they banged uh, yep. Chance, she's like, if you really had any balls, you'd jump off that bridge mm-hmm. and looking out her window. In that final shot, it mm-hmm. was, like, her in the lower right. Yep. And, then, like, her window in the back when that bridge back there. Yep. And then, like, the, it cuts to that scene of uh, Chance kind of close up of his face in the bedroom. Yep. Yeah. And then it goes back to her again. And then, then, then it goes to credits. Yeah. And then after the credits, we get that face again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. Like, I didn't really understand her saying, like, if you had any balls, you'd jump off that bridge. And I'm like, is that the same bridge? Yeah. Right. It's like, you mean the one he already jumped off of? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, am I to assume that ipso facto chance has balls? Yeah. And we see his balls. We see his whole hog. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we saw his whole dongus. 
Yeah, like uh, if if you're a, a, a weird fella and you're like, how many boobies does this film have? It's like, well, I can tell you uh, that there's a couple and you can see one through a shirt, but there is also one entire large... One hog. One whole hog. Uh, there's a Willem Dafoe bare ass. Yep. Uh, th- throwing money in a fire and being just Dafoe. My, just my nude money burning. Yeah. But yeah, super fantastic. You know, what I loved it. I've been obsessed with it since I watched film, it. film, dude. Uh, and, and yeah, some of the transitionary shots where it's, you know, like the gun cocking and then firing and stuff, it doesn't feel out of place. Everything, like you said earlier, and I touched on earlier, um, it flows so well. And it's like, it's just stylized enough to yeah. really like pepper in that taste. And, and the following year, I should also add, this film has three awards, um, nothing super huge, but the following year in 86... Uh, freaking actually got the audience award, so audience favorite movie for the film over in the uh, Cognac Film Festival, which actually is a pretty decent award. And then um, two other awards to Stuntman, to the Stuntman Awards in the following year for the freeway scene, which again, just phenomenal fucking stunt work. Mm-hmm. It was fucking awesome. Um, otherwise the only important like trivia quote unquote that I wanted to share with the movie because you know that's how I do is um, freaking actually paid an ex uh, two ex-cons that had been in prison for counterfeiting on like counterfeiting techniques and how everything works and everything like that then he also had um, a couple T-men, I guess they're called, instead of G-men, they're T-men, <laughs> and if they, he brought them on as far as like, okay, so tell, tell me about procedures, how do we do this, so on and so forth, he had a legendary cop hero on set kind of talking about some things, so that they could make it look um, heroic and just Hollywood enough mm-hmm. without making it too over the top. Which, of course, now we're all Brookheimer and Michael Bay. You know, if there's not at least three giant explosions, um, a dog fucking another dog. Sorry about your house, buddy. Yeah. Mm, the guy was the making... The guy crashes through the house and then slowly drives away and then the house explodes. And he, like, looks out his window and he says, I play video games. And mm-hmm. then, like, everyone's like, it was video games the whole time. <laughs> and then you just get credit scene fucking jerry brookheimer stupid fucking tree getting hit by lightning (laughs) fuck those shows dude there's so many and uh williams is like he's in pretty much all of those every single fucking csi there ever was yeah he just never stopped but i don't know man i don't know i feel like his career should have gone a, a very different way yeah just wowie zowie what a ride yeah i loved it man yeah so we hope that you check it out um grab a loved one grabbed a friend it's uh it's a pretty crazy ride dig the awesome uh wang chung soundtrack which you'll probably be hearing in this episode yeah honestly not a huge wang chung fan but dude that was dope it was really fucking rad i was sitting over there vibing the whole time fucking uh, my shoulders yeah I was missing my fucking leg warmers. <laughs> they, uh, I guess when um, freaking contacted them to do the soundtrack, mm-hmm. he's like, "Don't, don't put anything to with with uh, to live and die in L.A. in it." Yeah, and they 
originally was like, okay, but then eventually they just wrote a song called To Live and Die in L.A. Yeah, after they watch it, they're like, okay, okay we've got an idea, though. And they show it to him. He's like, okay, we're redoing this intro. Yeah, like, <laughs> this is so fucking rad. Uh, I'm going to reshoot the beginning of my movie. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, we hope you had fun. It was uh, it was really good to talk to you guys again, and uh, really fun to get uh, together with Brent, watch another fantastic film, and we will have another episode for you in two weeks' time, um, and maybe one week. Yeah, maybe one week. We'll see. Hopefully, things are getting better. <laughs> There's a lot at the end of the tunnel. All right, folks. Well, you take care. Uh, have a lovely week to two weeks until we get to talk to you again. Goodbye. Bye-bye.